What's up everybody, my name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Rage to bring y'all something new, something we like to call the Yards of Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard. As always, I'm Sid. What's going on, Rage? Sid, how you doing, man? Another great day, bro. I'm good, man. I'm good. All right, man. So we got 14 weeks in the books. 14. Now it seemed 14. It seemed like just yesterday the season started, and now we're well, looking at week 15 right in the face. Already. Last week, our Saints went up to New York to take on the Jets. Who that? It, Who that? <laughs> it went pretty much as expected for most people. Uh, we know the Jets are a bad team. We know the Saints have been, um, man, been abused by injuries uh, so far this season. And uh, this was a week where we got a, a good amount of people back and healthy. We didn't lose anybody this week. Um, so that's that's definitely a plus. But we were able to go out there and put on another great defensive showing more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and come out of there with a thirty to nine victory. What uh, what did you pull from this game? It's so crazy, man. Because when the game first started, it was a very slow moving game, and the Jets' defense was out there forcing some stops, uh, causing us to punt. They get the ball back, can't do nothing. We get back on the field, they get another stop, caused us to punt. They couldn't do anything. And before I knew it, the first half was ending, and I said, "Man, if the Jets seem like what the New Orleans Saints' defense have been going through for all these <laughs> yeah. weeks." Getting stops in the office can't do anything with it. But uh, listen, I already know, man, it's the it's the Jets. Like you said, they're not a good football team. They were without one of their, if not without their best offensive uh, weapon in Elijah Mitchell. Um, I'm still going to pat my boys on the back, man. We were in a five-week hole of losing. Um yeah. Man, we're just not used to that in New Orleans these days, man. And uh, it's any given Sunday, right? So if we would have went out there and lost to the Jets, it would have been, hey, y'all really this bad and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Already got so many people in my ear about that as it is. So, hey, man, yeah. I'm going to ride this one, man. And like, But the Jets are a bad team. Um, I wasn't really impre- impressed with no one on the offensive side. The only thing that really stood out to me is that Number 41 was the best player on the field by for any team. Like, when yeah. the Jets didn't double-team him, when they didn't load the box, we put the ball in his hands every time. Uh, and he was clearly, like I said, the best player on the field uh, this past Sunday. And to me, he was the the majority of the reason why we won. Of course, the defense was going to make their stance and, you know, fill that game out and, and kind of lock everything down. Lattimore looked great. Uh, we were out cam. I just wanted to see how we was going to fare against the run without cam. Um, Jets really didn't test us that that great, you know what I'm saying, that yeah. much or whatever. But uh, a win is a win. Taysom Hill did not turn the ball over. Uh, I don't have his numbers right in front of me, but I know he had a couple. Uh, he had the the mock, uh, ball that went backwards when he got ready to throw the screen. That was a fun. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember him. He may have gotten sacked once, I believe, that game. Uh, I think he, that I think that play ended up resulting in what they considered a sack. A sack. Um, but I think that may have. Let me see. Oh, he got sacked three times. Three times. Okay, cool. So, yeah. um, but for all in all, I mean, it was the Jets, you know, nothing special. 
you know, that we did on offense. It was good to see our field goal kicker more make all three of his attempts. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that was the summary of the game, man. <clears throat> Two bad teams playing and the better, the better uh of the the bad teams won. Yeah, and we always, of course, bring up injuries when it comes to the Saints and how bad is he left this season, but we're not the only ones that ever get hit with injuries. Um, their rookie running back, Michael Carter, he's been out for a while now. Like you say, Elijah uh, Moore, he haven't, he didn't I play Sunday. Um, Corey Davis, he's been out a lot of this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, so yeah, they were. Go ahead. Yeah, so they're they without even, a lot of they. I forgot they even signed Corey Davis. That's crazy. Yeah, he, he he hasn't played much of this and season. And they gave him good all. money to come to New York. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Um, so of course, like I say, both are dealing teams are dealing with injuries. Of course, we still have the better team. Um, um only missing what Toronto Armstead this week when it comes to players who are available to us. We know Andrew Peters out for the year, but uh, Ramchick made his way back. In, no, I'm lying. Teron Armstead made his his way back into the lineup. Ramchick didn't play. Um, but like you say, Kamara was the best player on the field um, by far. Um, there was some early drops by Ty Johnson for the Jets that, that forced them yeah. to get off the field when they had opportunities to keep their drives going. That really hurt them early on. But... Um, this is this is more of the performance I want and expect to see from Taysom Hill. When we're talking about he only threw the football 21 times, he went 15 to 21 for 175 yards. He didn't throw any touchdowns, he didn't throw any interceptions. Um, he rushed 11 times for 73 yards um, and two touchdowns. So as a team, we rushed the football for 200 yards um, and three touchdowns in that game, and. This is what we need to base our offense around with Taysom Hill in there. Obviously, when we had Trevor Simeon and was trying to throw the football, we weren't getting in the way with that, and they wanted to get away from that. So now we're going to be a more run-oriented offense and then take whatever we can get off of that um, in a receiving game. Uh, Nick Bennett made some some uh, a couple big catches during that game to keep the sticks moving. Um, but... Once again, this is pretty much what we expected. Um, didn't think we'd actually get up to 30. That was a shock, you know. But when towards the end of the game, Zach Wilson started turning the football over, trying mm-hmm. to, you know, keep them in the game. So, um, But the game went pretty much as, as we expected it to, you know. Um, still in the playoff picture with four games to go. We'll talk about more of that going forward. Um, so what other games did you that really caught your eye this past week? Uh, the Cleveland and Baltimore Ravens game was one that I was definitely looking forward to. Um, it didn't let me down. I know a lot of people kind of read that game off because Lamar went out in the second quarter and didn't return. Yeah. Cleveland jumped up on them early anyway, and I just did not see that. I'm not going to lie. That that game bust my ticket. It was the first game I took on my ticket, and I'm saying there's no way Cleveland beats Baltimore. I know Baltimore defense haven't been hitting on nothing this year, but I'm just like, there's no way – uh, that offense that's struggling. We know uh, Hunt was just kind of coming back, trying to get his legs under him. Uh, we know about Odell, even when he was there, he he wasn't used and things of that nature. I'm like, the Ravens have improved in stopping the run. No way they dropped this game, especially this late in the season, knowing everybody's fighting for those playoff spots or whatnot, yeah. home field advantage. Um, I, I just didn't see that coming. But uh, Cleveland definitely pulled it off, although the Ravens made an attempt to come back and made it close. Um and I would say a game that was more exciting to me 
was um, who did New England play? New England had New England play. No, New England uh, had a bye week this past week. If was I'm not mistaken, Buffalo. I'm, who Buffalo? Buffalo who, played Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, I caught. Yeah. So used to seeing Tom Brady over there. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. That, that game you. was was very interesting, right? Uh, yeah. I put a lot of pressure on on Josh Allen every single week, man. He's one of those players that, like, you know, he came in the lead, and after one season, I was like, whoa, he, you know, he don't look too good. I didn't know much about him coming out of college. Just heard about how strong his arm was. And ever since last year, I'm like, all right, this dude can really play. He's making throws with his legs. Clearly, Buffalo trusts him with the offense. He was commanding Mm -hmm. the game at the line of scrimmage. And um, this year, it's kind of like up and down, up and down with, with Josh Allen. So I was really looking forward to this game knowing, you know, He's going against Tom Brady. We know Tampa's had their woes on the defensive side of the ball. Buffalo defense have been pretty solid. And I think me and you both were saying if this was a game that he didn't turn the ball over, then, you know, they had a, a, a fair chance of winning this game. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that game didn't didn't let me down. Tom Brady made a pass to Mike Evans in the corner end zone, man. That was just crazy. It was one of them throws that only uh-huh. Brady could make. And that game, that game went as expected as well. Like you said, we talked about it before. Like, hey, if Josh Allen doesn't turn the football over, they got a good chance. He had one interception. Um, but the thing about that was Tampa Bay was able to go up on them so much early. Like at mm-hmm. halftime, it was what, 24-3. Something like and that. And then Buffalo took off in the fourth quarter, yeah. uh, scoring 17 points. I was about to say, they, um, they, they just flipped. They flipped the strip. You know, yeah. You know? and, and it was really a defensive effort from Buffalo. Buffalo was able to start make, uh, forcing stops on Tampa mm-hmm. Bay that they weren't getting in the first half. Um, and really it came down to who got the football last. Uh, I know a lot of people – the passing interference in the NFL is something, as Saints fans, I've learned to not even trip over because it's not even that they don't call it sometimes. It's just the inconsistency in it. Oh, we're not going to call it like in this specific game there was um, the drive to force overtime. Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs in the end zone on their last, on their last <laughs> passing play. That was passing interference. It didn't get called. But a similar situation happened um, – I think it was before that in the game with Mike Evans that they actually threw the flag for. Mm-hmm. So it's never, oh, that should have been passed in the fifth. And it's just be consistent about it is all I want from the NFL. Yeah. Um, so, of course, that changed, you know, how the game could have ended. But all in all, it was a great thing. And I think we talked a little off air about uh, I didn't I didn't agree with the decision of uh, Buffalo not going for it on fourth down. They decided to take the, the field goal of force overtime. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just didn't like that. To me, that was a little bit too conservative. Uh, it was fourth and three, uh, fourth and two, um, something, something close to that nature. They didn't hard, they didn't hard uh, counter anything to try to get Tampa to jump offside. Like they didn't do anything. They were so, to me, content with uh, taking the, the chip shot, the chip shot field goal, and, and going to overtime with Tampa. Yeah, and like you said, we talked about it. I agree with them just going forward in that position. You done did all this to get back to this position. Uh, you done failed. You lose this game on that play. I mean, they lost it anyway, but if you lose right there, you're thinking, oh, well, now we done failed two games back in our division all of a sudden off of this mm-hmm. one play. Let's go into overtime and give ourselves a chance, which they did because they had the ball first. And they uh-huh. just couldn't do anything with it. So, yeah, yeah I, was, uh, I, I, mean, I definitely understand them just taking the three points and going. Not even trying to draw them offside, though? 
I mean, yeah, if you want to say they should have went out there and tried to, you know, draw them off side of it, but I don't think they had any timeouts at that point. I think so. You go out there, you just backing yourself up for the field goal if that's the case. I think they had one. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I can see them go out there and try to draw them off side, Mm -hmm. but, you know, once again, it's, you know, in the end, you probably was going to end up taking the field goal anyway. You know, Tampa Bay is usually pretty disciplined across their defensive line. So. Like I say, go ahead and get your three and try to go, get in the overtime and give it a fight there, which they did, and just ended up coming uh, coming in on the short on the short end of that. Um, and then the Browns game, um, I expected that one to be close. It's both of those teams have been really up and down all season. You don't know which team you getting. Like we've seen weeks where Cleveland rolling to stadiums and put up 35 easy and you're like man if this is what it's gonna be cleveland got a shot and then the other weeks they go out there and they win in 13 to 10 against detroit and baltimore has been the same way mm-hmm. uh we know baltimore goes as lamar jackson goes um besides him all they really got on offense to count on is mark andrews who showed up big in that game once lamar jackson went down so um i expected that one to be close um, it still wouldn't have shocked me if one team ended up blowing out another just because that that division and those teams have been so up and down. Cincinnati has been the same way this whole season. Yep. Um, the Monday night football, Monday night or Sunday night? Monday night, Monday night football game uh, between the Rams and the Cardinals mm-hmm. ended up being a real good one, even yeah. though. Um, and down to the wire then. Yeah, it came down to the wire at the end because the Rams took off on them in the third quarter, mm-hmm. right out of halftime, took off on them, and uh, Arizona was able to make it a game. They even got an onside kick to yeah. you know to try to to try to pull it out at the end or to tie it up at the end, and it just didn't go that way. Um, we haven't seen Arizona lose much this season. Um, I think we both no, I think you took Tampa to make the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. I took the Rams. But this is this is one of the reasons I took the Rams. Like if you're gonna have Aaron Donald looking like he was looking, um he was a looking force. on Monday night. Yeah, from the first play, he bulldozing offensive linemen to put pressure on Kyler Murray. Um this this is the type of games that I see the Rams being able to pull out. And that's why I had them, you know, get into the Super Bowl this year. But Arizona is no that like they're no pushover. Like they they're gonna be there. Mm-hmm. Um I saw today that DeAndre Hopkins they're gonna sit him for the rest of the season, hope he gets ready for the playoffs. Honestly, they can afford to do that. We saw what they did for three, four weeks without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. So um but that ended up being a really good game and now that puts the NFC West back up for grabs between the Rams and Arizona when for a long time we thought it was Arizona that was going to run away with it. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be something else interesting uh, to look forward to uh, with these last four games of the season. All right, so let's let's go ahead and look ahead to week 15. It's crazy. I didn't know that we had Sunday night football uh, this week until I looked at the schedule uh, Monday. I'm like, dang, we got a Sunday night football game. Um, so we got Tampa Bay for our second time this season. This time we go to Tampa Bay. Um, man, this is this is the hardest game we got left on our schedule. We About got four. Tampa, then we play, I think, Miami at home, Carolina at home, then we go to Atlanta. 
just about, like you said, by far, this is the mm-hmm. only game we got remaining on the schedule. Is it a winnable game? Yes. Is it likely that we win? No. Um, <laughs> it would take a lot to go right for us to win this football game. This isn't a football game to where we can go in and protect Taysom Hill. This is a game where we got to Taysom Hill. You have to throw the football. You have to make plays through the passing game, whether it's you getting back there, going through your reads and then taking off with it because you have nothing or you making the throws and getting the ball down the field because the Buccaneers aren't going to let us run the football down the field on them. Um, defensively, this is a great matchup for us. We, we know what they have with their receiving options, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, O.J. Howard. We know all the weapons. Leonard Fournette this season has been tremendous out the backfield uh, catching the football. Um which I'm sure they're going to use him a lot this week in that manner because just like their defense, uh, we're not going to let them just run the football down our throats either. Um, And then you're facing Tom Brady. Um, Man, I'm not even going – well, I'm going to get you to pick against the spread, but I'm quite sure you have Tampa Bay winning this game. I'm going to ask you, what is the game plan that could win the Saints this game? All right, so in a – Everything goes perfect world. Um, I know you said Taysom Hill has to play great and throw the football. And mm-hmm. while you were saying that, I'm like, I could not agree with Sid, you know, take on this any more than, you know, what I what I already do. But um, I'm putting just as much pressure on Sean Payton as I am on Taysom Hill, because just like Taysom Hill has to make throws when they're there. I mean, Sean Payton, he's going to have to find a way to win first downs in this game. Uh, this can't be a game where we come out on, on first and 10 and just conservatively run Elvin Kamara up the middle for a game or two. And now we're facing second and eight against Tampa Bay uh, front seven with Taysom Hill at quarterback. He's going to have to win first downs. He's going to have to do it and he's going to be consistent with it. So to me, it starts there. Uh, number two, I'm going to say Taysom Hill has to make throws that that are there. Can't be any balls behind receivers. It can't be throwing a ball two seconds too late across the middle. Can't put the ball in harm's way. Uh, Number three, it could be number one, he has to protect the ball. We can't have, you know, these uh, loose ball situations when it's, you know, you're trying to throw the ball and slip out your hands and things of that nature, right? And um, even last week, I mean, they were blaming a lot of it on on his injured finger, and I'm like, these are yeah. the same balls we saw for years. Exactly. Was the- exactly. I was <laughs> saying the exact same thing. I said, don't y'all try to blame their fingers. The same <laughs> stuff we've been seeing. But uh, I hate to say that this is a, a winnable game. I really do because if you look at the first time we met up with them, we had the better quarterback in Jameis Winston, the more prepared quarterback in Jameis Winston. We had a healthier offense, and we barely skated away with that W. So now you're telling me you're missing one of the better tackles in football. Elvin Kamara, we already know Tampa's going to have all eyes on him. We have nothing to threaten him on the outside. Um, We basically, the only reason why you would even say this is a a manageable game or maybe we can possibly win game, you're you're putting all the pressure on the defense. And if I'm Tampa Bay, it's one person that I'm looking at in that defense and say, yeah, I'm going at you all day long, and that's Paulson Adebo. Paulson Adebo being on the outside with God when I'm going that way all day long. Like, Mike Evans, I look at you in the red zone. We're going to do a lot of Gronk, a lot of Leonard Fournette, and we're talking in Paulson Adebo a lot. Like, that's the game plan I'm sticking to. The Saints are going to play a lot of man-to-man defense. We're not going to change overnight and, and try to switch what we do. 
Uh, first of all, it's Tom Brady. You can't hide a lot of what you want to do. But if I'm yeah. Tampa, I'm keeping it simple. I'm not really throwing balls downfield. There's going to be a lot of dink and dunk, getting rid of the ball quick. Uh, Leonard Fournette should have a pretty decent run game. I'm not going to say he's going to run over, um, you know, 90 yards, 100 yards. But I do expect uh, Leonard Fournette to, to average four yards a pop at the end of the day when we look at his carries. And if he can do that, you mix in a little Gronk, little screens, because we know they're gonna they're gonna run a lot of screens at us. And um, you know, if Godwin could could beat uh Paulson Adebo, I really can't see how much can go wrong for Tampa. Um, so let's start I'm with taking him with to the cover. Saints. I'm taking them to cover, in other words. I'm I'm going with Tampa to cover. Okay, got you. Um, so let's start with what it takes for the Saints to <laughs> win, because I agree with you with a lot of it. Um mines will probably be in a different order. Um, number one for me is Taysom Hill taking care of the football. We can't turn the football over. We turn the football over the game over. Yeah, that's what I say. That, like, that, yeah, that can, like that can be number one. If you want to, of course, yeah, you know, not turning over is the most important thing. But so that's clearly number one for me. Number two is creating turnovers. I got to put that on the defense because we know what we're working with on offense. Um, they seem to have Tom Brady's number. The mm-hmm. path. Three times we played them, well, three of the last four times we played them, we've come away with multiple turnovers. Um, Got to get that. Got to get at least one um, turnover against Tom Brady. Um, and third for me is one that I'm glad you really brought up was winning on first downs. And this is something that I feel like it should be a goal every game. Um, but a lot of the season, Sean Payton has come out and he'll run the football on first and second down. And then third down, we didn't gain two to three yards, and now it's third and long. And that's been a situation they put – he's been putting the offense in against almost every team we've played this season. And that that's not going to cut it, especially when you're going up against a run defense that's as good as Tampa Bay's. Um, so those are the three biggest things for me. Taysom, and, and like you said, Taysom Mia has to be on the money with his passes. They can't be – oh, you threw it two seconds late. Or like you said, he threw it behind the receiver. Because guess what? Tampa Bay is going to take that and take it the other way. They're mm. going to capitalize on those little mistakes like that. Um, I don't think – so the thing that you said about Tampa, I, I think that Leonard Fred and Gronkowski are going to be the key to success for them through their passing game. Adebo is going to end up on Chris Godwin. He's going to have help all game. We know what Marshawn Lattimore does to Mike Evans. I don't think that Mike, that's going to change this game. Well, Mike um, Evans won that last matchup. If you say so. Like, what is what is a win in that? Like, because um, I'm I'm not remembering him doing yeah, anything special he, that game. He had a touchdown got, for sure. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't anything it special was, that game. Well, he beat him deep and got overthrown. He got a big penalty downfield, and then he got a big long bomb as well. So, I mean – for as football goes, he, he definitely won that matchup, that one-on-one matchup. Yeah, I'm going to have to look back at that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, overall, the matchup has been won by Marshawn Lattimore more times than not. Oh, yeah, um, definitely that. No, that's, that's not even close. So that's something that I'm going to keep betting on. Um, so, I think, and, and with Adebo or Roby or whoever may be over there on Godwin, they're going to get that help. So I think Fournette out of the backfield and Gronk and O.J. Howard, the tight ends, are going to be attacking our linebackers. It's going to be what they feel most comfortable 
um, during this game. Like you say, they they're not going to shy away from the run just because we have a good run defense. They're gonna they're gonna attempt to run the football. Um, I can see them breaking off a, a good run or two in yeah. that um, to keep the chains moving. Um, I eleven is a lot, <laughs> even with the the. Oh, and I do I do think Ryan Ramchick will be back this week too. I know you said us being without our best tackle. I think he's supposed to play this week. Uh we'll see, of course. Um, but I don't I don't see this being a high scoring game and I don't see it being a big loss. So I can see us losing by seven, maybe even ten, but twelve, thirteen points, I don't I don't really see it. Um I can see a touchdown. For sure. Um, so I'm taking the Saints when it comes to the points, but I, I, I do think Tampa Bay uh, wins this game. And fortunately for us, we can we can lose this game and win out and still have a chance at the playoffs. And that's more so what's expected than us winning this one and, you know, continuing yeah. on. I hope we can pull it out. Of course, I'm cheering for us and rooting for us to pull it off, but I think this is – Tampa Bay having a better team, uh, for sure, by far. Having a better quarterback, by far. And, you yeah. know, being able to limit their mistakes. I uh, Googled um, Sanks, well, Mike Evans versus Lattimore. I think it was week eight. The first thing that popped up was Mike Evans owns Lattimore week eight. They had, like, ten plays. But, yeah, he, he definitely won that game for as the matchup goes. But like you said, he owned them. I'm not going in nervous about Mike Adams at all. I feel like Lattimore do a decent job at uh, worst-case scenario on him. But um, it's just going to be interesting to see how what they do to the kind of counter uh, Tampa's offense. I, I'm just I'm really looking yeah. forward to it. Really looking forward yeah, to yeah. it. Yeah, 100%. It, like I said, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be one of those tough, hard-fought games. Um, to where if it does get out of hand, I think it's late because we're now forcing to try to get back mm-hmm. into the game, and that's mm-hmm. when those turnovers come. Yeah. We lose by oh. seven, it wouldn't surprise me. We lose by 14, it wouldn't surprise me. Gotcha. I just gotcha. hope, I just hope that Tampa don't jump on us early. I'm talking yeah. 10 nothing, 14 nothing because Yeah, that's something we can't afford. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It gets ugly from that point forward. Exactly. Exactly. Um the next game we're going to look at is Thursday night football game which to me I was shocked to see that this is Thursday night's game because it's one of those that like you say we watch all football. I don't care if it's Jacksonville Jets on Thursday night. I'm turning it on and I'm watching. But I can actually be excited to sit down and watch Thursday night football with Kansas City got? taking on the Chargers. Oh, um, KC and Chargers on Thursday? Mm. Yeah. So Kansas City is favored by three. Um, they're awaiting the Chargers. Um, the, man, most teams have been up and down this season. The Chargers are another one that's really been up and down this season. Uh, proof is in the game we talked about last week when they took on the Bengals and you saw one team the first half, you saw another team in the third quarter, then they turned it back on in the fourth. Yep. Kansas City has seemed to gotten back clicking on offense. Um and their defense has started playing better as well. Um which of course even in the midst of that they ended up 
with an eight and four record. That's uh, crazy, you right? You know, yeah. <laughs> even when we looking at them and saying, "Man, they struggling. They get hurting. <laughs> they still out here winning football games. They still out here tied for you know the number one record in the conference." Um, I really do like that Chargers team, man. They have. They have a good team from top to bottom, and some people want to blame some of those losses on the aggressiveness of the coach, especially early on in the games. Um, man, Justin, did you see that that pass Justin Herbert made Sunday uh, when he oh, threw it from his own 35 and yeah. he got hit and yeah. launched it into the end zone? Mm-hmm. That dude is something special, man. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to root against the Chiefs. It really is. Uh, especially now that, once again, we're saying that they were struggling and they were still winning. And now I'm saying, look, they back to click and their defense playing better, their offense playing better. Yep. It's hard for me to go against that when that's the case. Now that they've gotten back on rhythm of what we're used to, we knew that that team was, and, and their defense at this point is even playing better now than they probably have these past few years. Um, well, especially season wise, this has been a while since yeah. we saw him play. Yeah, this yeah. well. So I'm going to take the Chiefs. I just don't. I just don't see that momentum being stopped right now. I see it being a good game for sure. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert is going to go toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes. That offensively with Eckler and uh, I hope Keenan Allen is back for tomorrow's game too. Um, but I think that they can. They can definitely go toe-to-toe with them and probably end up losing a game on Mahomes having the football ass. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll take the Chiefs, and I'm taking them to cover that three points. This is one of them games when, I, when I'm picking my card uh, on, on weekends, I'll see something like this and easily take it. Three and a half points, easy. Give me KC, right? But uh, like you said, they've had their ups and downs this season. And, you know, I know you said that they have clicking on offense now. To me, they're still not clicking on offense. I'm still not saying that they're clicking on offense. It's still every week we see Tyreek Hill drop two balls or Pat Mahomes overthrow him two or three times. Travis Kelsey, teams have, have figured out how to completely take him out of games. Uh, sure, it leaves more opportunities for others, but teams seemingly feel more comfortable with taking this approach of forcing Pat Mahomes to throw deeper balls now. Um, I want to say it's been three weeks or so since Travis Kelsey has really made a statistical impact on the football game. Um, Darrell Williams is the guy who I'm kind of digging a little bit for KC right now. He don't pound a rock 15, 20 times, but he does, you know, get 10 to 12 carries. And they found a running back who can catch the ball and protect the ball. So they're really just using him on swing outs a lot of times while other teams will run the football. Um, even when they're not clicking, right, uh, there's still an offense that you that puts fear in, in defenses. And uh, Pat Mahomes, to me, is the best all-around quarterback in football right now. Um, this Chiefs defense, to me, are the unsung heroes the last maybe three weeks of football, uh, probably four or five. Their defense have turned it around. Uh, ever since they was able to get uh, pressure on the edges again, and now they can go back to putting Jones uh, back in inside, he's becoming a force once again, and from there, turnovers happen. Uh, we've seen times where Pat Mahomes wasn't able to put up those 20 points in the first half of football to make life a little easier for his defense, and we still see that defense out there 
you know, getting three and outs or bending but don't break, whatever the case may be, not giving the game away. Uh, because of how hot the defense have been playing, um, I have to take KC minus three and a half. I already know if the offense come out and have one of those good days, it can get ugly fast. But if the but it, even if the offense is not clicking right away, the defense have shown me enough to make me believe that they can bend but don't break. Instead of giving up touchdowns, give up field goals and let Kansas City offense do the the heavy lifting. See, and we see this a whole we see this a lot differently. We still come to the same outcome, but we see it a lot differently. Um, because when I say Kansas City's offense is clicking, like it outside of Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't um it doesn't rely or revolve around one player. It doesn't revolve around Travis Kelsey, it doesn't revolve around Tyreek Hill because of Patrick Mahomes um willingness to get the football to anybody. And also, like, last week they beat, what, Vegas 48-9? to I don't mm-hmm. think any receiver had over five receptions in that game. You got people mm-hmm. like Pringle and Hardman and I love the backup that, tight end. I love seeing um, that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, yeah. Like, to me, that's their offense clicking. Like, no, I, that, to me, their offense is struggling when they have to force the football into a Travis Kelsey or to a Tyreek Hill. When you see Patrick Mahomes, like, hey, I got to get it there because those are my playmakers. The offense is clicking when it's, oh, I got two passes here, two passes there, two catches here, three catches here. I got my running backs doing right. catching what, whatever out the backfield. I see where you're going. I see where you're going. I'm going to put it I, the, the best way to – I see where you're going now, right? I see you're staying on it. It's hard for me to say they're clicking with all that going on that you're saying, right? Because normally when a quarterback has completed a ball to nine different people, like that's blowing all up on the screen when you're watching the game and all this good stuff. Mm-hmm. But with Kansas yeah. City, it doesn't happen because it's so that, that happens so regularly. But it's hard for me to say they're clicking after Pat Mahomes um, spoiled me for three, four years of throwing for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns and throwing the ball looking left and it goes right and all this boy. It, it, it's hard to say for me to say that they're clicking because I've seen them at their top. So if you're asking me that they're if they're at their top right now or this is the best you've ever seen them play, to me it's not even close. I didn't say that. I said they were clicking. I don't think they ever get back to that. I took we oh, talked wow. about we talked about at the beginning of the season what was different between the offense that we were seeing this offseason and the ones we've previously seen. And my response was that luck ran out. These Ooh. sidearm passes, all this stuff, it ain't working no more. It was lucky to begin with, but now the luck has run out. So I don't okay. think you get back to seeing the offense of that height ever again. Wow, but okay. they're, a top I- offense, they're a top five offense in the league right now. That's clicking for them going forward. That's as good as it's going to get going forward. You're not, I don't think you're going to get back to seeing the offense of last year or the year before that. Okay, and I, I think there is because what I'm seeing is Pat Mahomes, one of the, the best throwers of the football uh, I'm I'm seeing him straight up missing guys like guys are open. And then you, I heard you also say that this offense isn't predicated around one guy. And to me, it is. And that guy is Tyreek Hill. Reek changes football for whoever's on the field with him. Every single he play. He does. 100. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with any of that, but it's not uh, Tyreek Hill has to have 10 catches or 10 targets for us to win a game week in and week out. That's true. Travis but Kelsey simply- has to have 10 targets or 10 catches. That's not the case. They that's can go out true. there and that, – that's, that's very true. I agree with all that. But from the football standpoint of it, just because he's on the field, teams are very, very 
likely to keep two guys over top. You can't 100%. play. You know what I'm saying? There's no way you're going to really leave almost any DB. There's only a handful of them that teams really trust to have him, but nobody's not going to uh, not keep a, a safety on top of him. That's that's very unlikely. So just by him being on the field, he's dictating what defenses can and cannot do. So to me, that he's a huge part. Because but Kelsey draws the same attention. We've seen because you because you're saying he's getting taken out of games. He's getting taken out of games because he's receiving that same attention, especially when Tyreek Hill isn't on the field. Well, we we've seen in zone coverages, Travis Kelsey, you know, run shorter routes, things of that nature, especially when they won't get rid of the ball quick. But what I'm saying is, right, come hell or high water, no matter what the situation is, the respect that Tyreek Hill gets with having your fastest guy on him or making sure we stay in a true uh, a true man-to-man, two safety over top, even in situations where it's third and one and they're more, more than likely to run the ball because he's lined up somewhere on the field and it can be from the wide position, uh, the X position, the, the slot position, no matter where he's at, folks are still leaving a safety over the top. That changes football. That allows Travis Kelsey to have more looks. Uh, on one-on-one matchups and things of that nature. I'm not saying that Tyreek is a bigger, well, he is to me a bigger part of the offense than, than Travis Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey, I'm sorry, but I'm not saying that he's better at his position than Travis Kelsey is. I'm just saying he's one of those guys just because of his skill set, that special skill he has, which is flat-out speed, he changes the game for, for everybody on the field with him. And once again, I don't disagree with that, but he's one of He's the fastest guy probably in the league at the wide receiver position. But then they probably got the second and third or fourth and fifth fastest guy in the league at the position as well. And see, that's so, what I'm saying. I don't care about just pure speed, but he, he can also catch it. Almost every team got a guy that's super fast. But, but, but me saying that their offense, once again, me saying that their offense isn't predicated on Travis Kelsey or uh, Tyreek Hill is based on the fact that their wins and losses isn't even if Tyreek Hill doesn't play, their wins or losses isn't predicated on, oh, Tyreek Hill is not here today. We got to get Kelsey to 12 targets, 10 oh, yeah, targets. Okay. That's yeah. not the case. I can go for that. Like they, yeah. yeah, so that's why I say, oh, their offense isn't predicated around one guy outside of Patrick Mahomes when it comes to the passing game. And that's as big of a, uh, a big of an advantage as you can get when it comes to a passing offense in the NFL, when you have a quarterback that's confident in all of his guys to go out there and make plays and they go out there and do it. Yeah. But like I say, we, we've got two different views on it, but we still come to the same outcome when it comes to Thursday night's game against the Chargers. Um, so let's look at the Patriots and the Colts. The Patriots are on the road uh, and the Colts are two and a half point favorites. The Patriots have started off kind of slow. We never looked at them and said, oh, they look bad or anything like that, but they did have a slow start to the season. They now sit atop the AFC with the number one seed. It's uh, just like that the Patriots are back. Uh, what do you see when you look at this matchup? Me being a football junkie, this is one of them games I'm looking at, and I know other people going to flip the channel right by them, and I'm like, I can't wait for this game. I can't. You got a red-hot New England Patriots team, Rookie quarterback who's not putting up godly numbers, but he's extremely accurate with the football. Defense is healthy. Defense is balling. Um, 
they're only what they're only missing a corner. It's not Casey Jackson. It is who's the other corner that they're missing out for the year. They number two. Uh, Jones, Jonathan Jones, Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan Jones. Jones. Yeah, he's yeah, the I only. Didn't know he was out for the, I didn't know he was out for the year. That's crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't even I think know he's that. Out for the year. Um, okay. So that's the only injury, but this defense is still balling. Uh, team is still finding ways to win, and they're running the ball surprisingly. Um, and then you, on the other hand, you got the Colts, a team that has been putting together some meaningful uh, wins. Uh, playing some pretty good football. Quarterback is getting back in the rhythm, not turning the ball over, making plays when he have to make plays with his legs, with his arm. Uh, it's been good coaching. Uh, so I'm just excited to see these two teams play. Uh, folks kind of, to me, forget how good the coach defense can be. I, I, it's hard for me to just say that they're a good defense, but at times they yeah. can really play good football. And I'm looking at this Patriots team and I'm saying, I don't see any threats. This should be a game where the coach defense show up. Uh, all the thing to me they have to do is stop the run. If they can stop the run, keep everything in front of them. Once again, we talk about bend but don't break styles of defenses all day long. And if I'm the coach, this is a perfect a perfect uh, chance to do it. On the flip side, I'm looking at the the New England Patriots defense, right? And I'm just saying we just got the pressure costing wins. Like if we can get yeah. him to throw the, the football a second or two earlier, then we know what you know what that brings, and there's going to be turnovers, especially from from a guy like him who's a who's a chance taker, who when he feels like he has to make a play, it's only so many times he's going to throw the ball away and and do things of that nature before he just you know try to go for it. So to me, it's going to be a very interesting game. I do have it being a low a lower scoring game, and I got to take New England. I got to take New England uh, to to to. Win this game. I know they are what you said. They're neck that New England is plus three and a half, right? Two and a half, yep. Two and, and a half. half. Yeah, I'm gonna take New England to win this game. Um, so you cut you touched on a lot, uh, that I definitely agree with. When we talked about the Colts last year, it wasn't about Phillip Rivers and what he was and wasn't doing. It was man, the Colts have the number one defense and turnover differential and uh points scored on defense, and, you know, things of that nature. Um, and their run game, they were able to run the football successfully. It seemed like earlier this season they wanted to get Carson Wentz back into his rhythm badly, um, and he was making a lot of bad decisions. As of late, he's gotten away from making a lot of those bad decisions, but they've also taken the ball out of his hands a little more by running Jonathan Taylor more, which seems to be the best decision that they've made all season. Um for both teams on defense, it comes down to the same thing. We got to stop the run first. We got to mm-hmm. stop Jonathan Taylor. We got to stop Damian Harris. And then we have to force the quarterbacks to get out here and make plays. Um, Carson Wentz, like you say, he's become – he's calmed down. He stopped throwing the football with his left hand out of sacks. He stopped doing dumb shit. <laughs> he stopped doing dumb stuff and has, has built more chemistry with Michael Pittman. Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton is back. He's making plays. Um, same could be said for Mac Jones. This offense, it seemed like starting at this year, they just wanted to protect him. We're going to ask you to do a little. We're not going to ask you to do too much. As the season has gone on, they've opened him up more. Look, we trust you more. He's become more comfortable with Hunter Henry, John Smith, uh, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, all of these guys. Um, both teams are going to come in trying to run the football. Like you oh, say, yeah. if the Colts can, if the Colts can somehow – slow up uh, Damian Harris and mm-hmm. the Patriots can slow up Jonathan Taylor. Then it comes to 
Carson Wentz, Matt Jones. I think it's going to end up coming to that. Do I think that they're going to completely stop either of those running backs? No. Thank you for saying yeah, down. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think uh, they're going to stop Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't yeah. think the Colts are going to be able to stop Damian Harris, honestly, yeah. the way he's running the football right now and the offensive line that the Patriots have, you know, out there ahead of him. Um, so I don't think either one of those players get taken out, out of this game. But I think that they both are able to slow him up enough to where, okay, we got to put the we got to throw the football more. And then it comes down to will Carson Wentz throw an interception? Uh, will Mac Jones not be able to connect with his receivers on third and six and have to give the ball right back to him? Um, but I'm with you, man. We're looking at two of the best. Um, we're looking at New England has a great defense. Like, ain't no, ain't no ways about it. You know, like you said, the Colts have a pretty good defense. So this is going to be a defensive game. Um it's hard for me to see the coach. I mean, the Patriots losing this game, though. Like, this is the type of game they want to go into. This is <laughs> this is what they want to see. Um, so, yeah, I, I got. I'm taking the Patriots to win as well. I All think right, it's so going to be a really good game. Since we agree on this, I'll throw something else at you. A bonus: Jonathan Taylor under or over 100 yards rushing. Under. I'm going over under. on that. I'm going over. Yeah. So that's definitely going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely go under on that one. Um, let's look at the Falcons and the 49ers. Let's look at that game. The 49ers are nine and a half point favorites in that game. They're at home. They're going up against the Atlanta team, who somehow um, is what six and seven on the yeah six and seven. Somehow they're six and seven this year on the back of Matt Ryan. That's how. On the back of Cordero Patterson is and, how. Uh, well, he's definitely been a huge part of it. Um, nine and a half is a lot. Um, <laughs> nine and a half is a lot. For anybody we, this year. For anybody. Yeah, like, exactly. name, name the team that you feel comfortable this year saying, yeah, they can protect the nine and a half point exactly. lead. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and San Francisco... Even even Sunday against Cincinnati, you saw that offensively, well, offensively, they don't have Debo Samuel. They didn't have Elijah Mitchell Sunday. I expect him to play this weekend, but they didn't have him this past Sunday. So Cincinnati was able to slow up their offense a good bit. Mm-hmm. George Kittle is looking like George Kittle of old, which is good to see. Um, I expect them to get Elijah Mitchell back this game. I still don't expect a high-powered offense, though. I, I, I um. I think this is a time of possession game. I think they're going to run the football a lot. They're going to run a lot of clock. I don't see too many passes coming from Jimmy Garoppolo unless they somehow get down to Atlanta, um, which Atlanta, they're going to come out and they're going to throw the football. They're going to get Cordell Patterson involved. They're going to get the ball to Kyle Pitts. Um, I don't – yeah, I'm – I'm taking San Francisco to win this football game. I can't say that they just go go out there and beat Atlanta by 10 points, though. But I'm taking yeah. San Francisco to win. I'm taking San Francisco to win. I'm taking Atlanta, Atlanta to cover. Um, sure. I can yeah. definitely see San Francisco scoring. Anywhere from 23 to. I'll say 23 to almost 30 points. I, I guess I'd meet somewhere 
in the middle and say about 26 or so. Um, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's a quarterback that really don't do it for me. Not, not no knock on him. If you want somebody that's going to come in and manage the game and, you know, once he gets comfortable in the system and then you put other great players around him and a great play call and all that good stuff, I think he can, he can do his part, but, um, he just, he's just not a guy to me that make others better, if that makes sense. Um, I was kind of looking through his numbers uh, this past weekend, right? Because we know San Francisco want to run the, run the football and nothing about yeah. Jimmy G numbers pop up. I don't think he has a game this year where he's thrown over two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not a, a explosive team offense, especially without Debo. Uh, I do have them winning. I, I'm going to call this game... I say San Francisco wins by seven. Okay, gotcha. I say win by seven. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I I say this all the time about him and about Kirk Cousins. They're from the school of Alex Smith. They're going to they can do what you ask them to do as long as you surround them with great talent. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, the difference between him, well, Kirk Cousins has had this problem a little bit too, which Alex Smith didn't have this problem, was turning the football. They they made bad decisions at times, and, both, and Kirk Cousins for sure has seemed to have grown out of that this season. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is working on that. Um, but, yeah, I definitely agree with you. He's not, he's not going to pop off the stat sheet or anything like that. They run the football which is what you want to really be doing if you have a quarterback like that. They're really good at it when they're healthy. And it's just don't turn don't give the game away from us, basically. Yeah. Um and also, once again, George Kittle is just getting back. Like you say, now Debo Samuel's gone. Um he's had not too much to work with, you know, throughout this season as well. And he's been hurt as well this year mm-hmm. too. Um but it is we talked about it going into the season. Uh, uh, how long before Jimmy G gets replaced? And I said, well, I don't think he's giving it up. He's going to have to get hurt. He got hurt. They saw Trey Lance. They didn't care for what they saw in Trey Lance. They went back to him. Uh, we're going to see if what the decision is this offseason, whether they come up off of him and decide to go ahead and move forward with Trey Lance or go into another season with both of them um, as their quarterbacks. Um so the last game we're going to look at, which I'm really interested to see what your take going to be on this, because I'm quite sure it's going to be slightly different from mine. Uh, we got Green Bay going to Baltimore, and Green Bay is a five-point favorite. And it looks like it's going to be snowing. Mm. It's a pretty tough one. have to go Green Bay on this game. We have to take Green Bay. Um, Green Bay defense, I don't know how many times I'm going to say Bimba don't break this this uh, this episode, man, but that's another defense that, that pretty much going to drive back, play a lot of zone coverage or whatnot, force a lot of things underneath, and keep everything in front of them. Basically, don't give up the big plug. That's, that's their whole scheme. You know, yeah. don't give up the big play. Um, Lamar Jackson, I mean, it used to be Lamar was really good at beating really bad teams. Like, that's where he really got the majority, the bulk of his numbers. And even lately, like, even those lesser um, 
those lesser value teams in the NFL to me have been playing him a little tighter than than you know. It's, I mean, they are his own defense. They're, he doesn't necessarily throw the ball great either way. And you're telling me it's only five points. That's actually less than a touchdown. I definitely take Green Bay to win. Not only has Baltimore's uh, defense have been up and down, so have the offense. So I'm going to take Devontae Adams uh, and Evan Rodgers in this game, where there's snow rains or hell to to beat Baltimore and to cover the five. Um. So we just you just talked about how it's hard to take any team with a spread of ten uh, in this year's uh, football season, and I'm gonna tell you that outside of Cardinals Lions, this is the only other game where if I saw ten points, I would have took it. Give me give me that Green Bay. I, I can see Green Bay steamrolling Baltimore. Steamrolling Baltimore. Like I have no confidence for one. Lamar Jackson has a high ankle sprain, so we don't even know if he's going to go out there and play on yeah. Sunday. Um, secondly, Green Bay, I don't know if they're going to be back this week, but Green Bay is one of the only teams in the NFL right now that's getting healthier when it comes to important people at this point in the season. You got Jair Alexander about to be back. You got mm-hmm. Darius Smith about to be back. You got Bakhtari, the left tackle, one Aaron of the Jones best left tackles in the game. Aaron Jones has come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is one of the teams that's really getting healthy at the most important time of this season. Um, Mason Crosby like is making Green- field goals again, too. Oh, we ain't got to worry about that Sunday. If it's snowing, they're going to keep him <laughs> over there on the bench. They ain't even going to risk that one. It's good. <laughs> they ain't even going to risk that one. Um, and the last time we saw Green uh, – last year we saw Green Bay in a snow game, and I can't remember who it was against. I want to say it may have been against Chicago. And we went into that game saying – Man, it's going to be a heavy dose of Aaron Jones. And Green Bay came out and threw the football all over the place. I can't remember who it was against, but it shocked the hell out of me and it shocked the hell out of a whole lot of people, too. I don't know why I thought Green it was Bay, Cowboy. I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, I can't remember exactly who it was, but Green Bay came out like it was 90 degrees outside, sunny. They were slinging the football all over the place. And that let me know, man, these guys, it don't matter the weather conditions. They... They're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to run the football with Aaron Jones, but they're going to get Aaron Rodgers to throw the football down the field. Um, mm-hmm. And this Baltimore defense isn't good. Um, once again, what like overnight, injury. I know they got injuries. They got injuries. It's injuries. But, but That's really what this. it is. Think about week one before injuries, like even early on in the year. No, like uh, what's McCullough never touched the field this season. Uh, Marcus Peters, he never touched the field this season for them. He was okay. hurting preseason. All right, I get um, so so that's that's probably like it, when he's healthy, they have one of the best you know corner duos in the league with him and Marlon Marlon Humphreys. Marlon so Humphreys like, got beat like a drum early on in the year, all the way to to him getting injured. So you're telling me Marlon Humphreys not a, a, a top ten corner in the league? Not this year. He played horrible this year. Is he a top ten corner in the league? Listen, I want him on my team. Marshawn Lattimore every other I, game and was I, like, "Shit, that nigga getting beat like a drum right now." But I he's want still one of the best corners in the league. I want him on my team. Only thing I'm saying is, last year I was extremely big on Marlon Humphreys. Extremely to me, he was a top three corner in the league last year. And corner and cornerback is one of those positions that is hard to be extremely consistent at. Like that, if you tell yeah. me, if, I'm looking at Jalen Ramsey as the only cornerback over the past three years to where I'm like, for sure, every year he was a top five cornerback. Who's Stephon Gilmore? 
somebody I'm not paying no mind to right now in Carolina. And obviously he ain't what? I mean and obviously he ain't doing too much either. Stephon Gilmore's playing lockdown right now. Really? He playing really? lockdown? That's what he's he doing. He and, had three. Or four. I mean, he's only been back for about two games. I was so just far. About to, I know he missed a lot of the season. Yeah. I was just about to say he had two two or three weeks. We had it. No, it was two. Two weeks with an uh, interception both weeks. Stephon Gilmore haven't been giving up nothing to Carolina. It's just that they've been losing, so nobody Trayvon talked about it. Got, Trayvon Diggs got eight interceptions. Let's not throw everything on that. No, he also that line. gave up 8,000 yards. It's a difference. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. So let's not hey, just say, oh, giving he, up yards. he got interceptions. Okay, Reg. Once again, I'm not paying no mind to Carolina football, and it's for a reason. So I'm I'm gonna take your word more. But for me, Jalen Ramsey is the only cornerback that for sure was has been a top five cornerback the past three, four years of football. So cornerback isn't a position to where you get this great consistency from year to year, you know. Um but anyway, we done got way off track. Injuries is what I feel like. My thing, I take it's kind of close to my heart. I take the cornerback grade pretty serious, man. To me, the defense really got derailed early on with injuries, and then the fact that the offense hasn't been able to produce. So once again, we say it almost every week: the more you keep putting that defense on the on the football, I mean on the field, without putting up any points on offense, you know, you wearing them down early and often. Yeah. Um, One bright spot has been Patrick Queen all year when he was available for him. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, so, I mean, what we, I think we picked all of them the same this week. No, because I know we went opposite New Orleans. I, I think you know, took New Orleans, New Orleans to cover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the only I one. Took, yeah. I got Tampa. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, man, I did want to say this. Because we've talked about him a few times on the show already, too. Michael Parsons is something serious as an edge rusher. If Dallas does anything other than keep him as an edge, like they need to be increasing his snap for edge rush. Demarcus Lawrence, any of them, get get out the way. Like we're gonna have to teach you how to play some stand up linebacker or something. Like that. Have, Michael Parsons is by far to me the defensive the rookie, defensive of, the year. rookie of the year. Not hands down, he be, not close. He's not gonna get defensive player of the year because I think. I think T.J. Watt or Miles Garrett can actually break Miles Strahan's record. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, to me, defensive player of the year. He should have got it last year before he got COVID. T.J. Watt is playing just as well as he Miles is. Garrett this year. So, like, like I say, if one of them, whichever one of them gets that record, that's who's going to win defensive player of the year. So, that's yeah. why. Um, but, um, yeah, Parsons and Diggs. Parsons is going to edge out Diggs for defensive rookie of the year. But that dude is lights out from being an edge rusher. Um, I don't know what was going on in college to where they was like, hey, we need to keep playing him as a as a, a zone coverage linebacker or we need him back. Nah, put his hand in the dirt and let him <laughs> let get him after the quarterback because he's been amazing doing so this year. Um, and that's been, that's been great to watch. It's been yeah. definitely great to watch. Um, you said you had... Uh, uh, little college, little college yeah. I know you've been excited these last couple days due to a certain coach landing a certain job. Early so. signing day, baby. Early <laughs> national signing day. We locking them up early. All right. So uh, I just want to get your expertise on the NFL draft uh, this coming, well, next year. Uh, we got an idea of who will be there in the top 10 to 15 guys sitting to hear their names called. And if this will be the draft order, if football stopped today, 
right? So you don't have to get deep in detail. I call out a name. I just want you to think what they need and who, which way they will go uh, with a draft pick. So this was a team we both agreed, right? And we, if anybody even knows us, listen to the show, they know we don't agree on a lot. That's why, why, I, like, why I like doing the show, right? So yeah. one thing we agreed on is that the Lions will be the worst team in football. Like, man, I don't know lately. I'm I'm looking at them and I'm thinking they're gonna mess around and let they're gonna mess around and win another game or two and let the Jets catch them. I'm I'm not positive. Why would you do that? I'm like not, why? If, but why? You got to ask yourself. Nobody why? nobody subscribes to let's go out there and act. No player is going on the field to actually lose football games, Reg. True. I don't care what sport True. it is. They're not going out there to do that. True. We've seen Detroit's defense play very well these past five weeks or so. Mm-hmm. They can slip up and win football games, especially I think they got Chicago left on their schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they have some games to where they can mess around and win. Okay. Uh, but let's operate as Detroit will be the number one, okay. you know, pick. All right. So if, if football stopped today, they would have the number one pick. Uh, yeah. We know the situation with the quarterback uh, being traded uh, and all that good stuff. Draft picks gone. And we know what those draft picks have come out to be and all that good stuff. What – do you see Detroit needing right now, and what direction do they go in the draft? They need a lot of things. So let's start there. Um, but once again, so between my observations of the team and me talking to Sean, me and him had a good talk a couple of days ago about Detroit Lions and um, what's going on with them. The number one pick would have to be, in my opinion, either Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, the defensive and the pass rusher out of Oregon, or Adrian Hutchison, I want to say it's his name, who's the defensive end out of uh, Michigan. Okay. From the beginning of the year, it was, look, Kayvon Thibodeau is the best edge rusher in football. He's the number one pick. Adrian Hutchison has closed that gap. The only – this is, to me, the first round of this draft is looking to be a whole lot of best player available for a lot of teams. It's not going to be, oh, we need this, so we're going to be able to get this. Especially okay. when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, it's a quarterback league. Quarterbacks are going to get taken in this draft in the first round. Don't mean that they should be. Um, okay. I, Detroit has two first-round picks. I think that first one, they use it and take whoever they consider the best player. And I think it's going to be one of the defensive ends. What they expected to get from Trey Flowers when they paid him all that money two, two three years ago, they haven't gotten any of it from him. <laughs> so pass rusher – it's still a big need for them. So I think they go with one of those defensive ends. Okay. Sure. Dropping down to number two is a team that I have very little expectation for. So their record does not surprise me. What they do every Sunday does not surprise me. It doesn't worry me. I still don't think they have identity. Uh, and I would love to get your take on it. And that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville is going to be very interesting due to the fact that we don't know if Urban Meyer is going to survive this horrible season that he's had as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, of course, with a change in head coach comes a change in philosophy and all those things right there. But, once again, we're looking at a team who, look, they got their quarterback last year. They know who Mm -hmm. their guy is going forward. So now it's, okay, where else are we lacking to where we can actually – um, grow in the draft right now it would have to be a tackle or whatever defensive line it would, whatever defensive end Detroit doesn't take 
Okay. Um, part of part of Jacksonville's biggest thing this this season was they wanted to throw Trevor Lawrence in the fire, but they threw him in the fire behind a horrible offensive line. Mm, so, so bad. Yeah. So you got to give protection for him up front. Um, but if you feel like Adrian Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau is way better than any of y'all the offensive line prospects, you go with one of those guys. Okay. And that would move. We're moving down to a team that uh, dealt with a lot of stuff off the field, right? And to me, that kind of played a part on how their season is uh, wrapping up. They did uh, acquire Tyrod Taylor in the offseason, uh, and he did take the place of Deshaun Watson, and I think played as expected. Where do you see the Houston Texans going in the draft? This is one of the most interesting ones because this is a place where you say it, if Deshaun Watson is able to clear the hurdle of all of these silver lawsuits and allegations, he still won't be a Texan. He he wants out. He'll be Definitely. out. Yeah. Um, but once again, this isn't a quarterback draft to where we're sitting here looking like, is a quarterback worth a top three pick? Um, they brought in Tyrod Taylor. They bitched Tyrod Taylor. Now Davis Mills is the guy um, who I know I've, been a little bigger on him than you have this season, but once again, every week I'm looking at him and saying, okay, he's getting a little better. He's growing a little more, they've come even out though he just, doesn't have they've too come much out to work it. with. They, they've come yeah. out and said it. Like, yeah, their draft is based on how, how they feel about him coming into the year. And I think, they're, I think they're going to be in a position to where they feel comfortable with rolling with him another year versus taking a quarterback that high in this draft particularly. So, once again, I wouldn't be shocked if we got another offensive lineman coming off the board right here in order to provide some protection. Okay. Um, this next pick um, is a team that I honestly had uh, drafted even earlier, uh, and that's the New York Jets. Earlier than four? <laughs> yeah, bro, like I really thought they were going to be second. Uh, the Jets uh, have used, uh, what, four? quarterbacks they've started four different quarterbacks this year so far uh zach wilson uh joe flacco for whatever reason um what's the other mike white did they start josh johnson for a game maybe i'm not sure i I know he played i don't know if he started a game okay so they started a, a couple quarterbacks um we know this was another team that was hit with covid um, trying to build their defense back together. They still need some type of threat at the wide out position. Uh, they thought they had things answered at the running back position. Still don't have a corner on the team. Uh, no playmaker on defense. I could go on and on. What direction do you see the New York Jets going? So, Zach Wilson is their quarterback. I'm confident Definitely. about that. They, yeah. That's going to be their quarterback. Um, Corey Davis is somebody, like you said, they brought. we talked about earlier. They brought in. They gave him a lot of money. They figured him to be, you know, a real solid wide receiver for them. They drafted Elijah Moore, who has come on, you know, strong early when he's been able to – I mean, late, as of late, when he's been able to play. And then they still have Jamison Crowder. I think wide receiver-wise, they're going to be comfortable with that – with them being a top three receivers going forward to whether or not – reaching high in the draft to add another wide receiver. Running back, I haven't seen a running back in college football this year that's worth a number four, you know, four, fourth overall. 
if I was the Jets, I would go to defense and okay. I would take Derek Stingley, uh, cornerback. I would take him um, and try to show up. Like you say, they, they need somebody at pass rusher as well. But I think bolstering up that secondary could help them a lot. I would take Stingley. Yep. Gotcha. At this point. This is the most um, interesting team that's drafting within the top five, right? Um, They have two two first-round picks this year as well. Uh, I don't think that this team – how can I put it? I feel like they're not that far away from being much better than what they already are. But then again, I feel like they really are that far away simply because of who they are. Uh, and that's yeah. the New York Giants. When you look at them on paper, there's a lot of boxes you can check off. But then when they play on Sundays, it's like, man, how can they really be this bad? How can yeah. why Quan Barkley is not a great feature back, you know, in any system in football? How come Daniel Jones, who has a pretty decent arm and he got legs, why can't they put together some type of defense that I'm, I'm sorry, offensive strategy that can help this pretty decent defense at times? So I'm very, very uh, interested to see how, you know, you see them spending both draft picks. The first one quarterback. Um, interesting. I told okay. you I told you going into this year, they, this was Daniel Jones' last, last shot at being a okay. quarterback in the New York Giants, and he's done nothing this year to, to make hurt. me think that they're comfortable with going with him going forward. Um, you fired you fire Jason Garrett, but I – I don't think the blame is Jason Garrett. He was the scapegoat in this situation. Uh, I don't think he was the issue, uh, but somebody had to go. Um, I think they take their quarterback. They have their pick. If things go how I'm saying it, this is the first quarterback off the board. They have their pick at quarterback. Um, And I think they go ahead and grab whichever one they prefer right here. So if they use a quarterback with the first pick that they have in the first round, how do they use the second pick? Offensive line. Okay, so they you go think offensive that, line. I okay. think the bright spot of the Giants right now is that defense, what they were able to do with the secondary uh, last offseason by bringing in Logan Ryan and Adoree Jackson, mm-hmm. um, Leonard Williams, who they traded for awesome. midseason last year. Yeah, I think defensively, um, you still got Jabril Peppers in the secondary as Forgot well. About him. Hurt, hurt for the year. Forgot about really, him. You really have some pieces on that defense that you feel comfortable with. Uh, mm-hmm. Offensive line is still one of the weakest parts of their uh, of their offense, and it's something that they've been trying to improve uh, for the past three years almost. So, so you take a quarterback with their first pick, and you circle back around and get a lineman. So even if uh, let's say, for instance, the quarterback get taken, right? Let's just say, let's say the Lions and the Texans both take quarterbacks, and okay. there's not a quarterback that you feel is worthy to be gone with the fifth with the fifth pick. What what do you see the Giants doing then, knowing that it's going to be a change in the front office? Do you, do you, are you hesitant about taking the third best quarterback, or do you say we're still not bringing back uh, Danny Dimes and we're just going to address the quarterback position in the offseason? I think that because once again, something that I'm starting to dislike about the NFL now because the NBA I feel like just does it better in this way by having a draft before free agency. Um, so free agency will come and go, and I'm quite sure the Giants aren't going to be able to land one of these bigger quarterbacks unless the reports about Russell Wilson are true and he's interested in in, in the Giants, which I can see New York market, you know, you might want to be there. 
So let's say that they miss out on a big fish, you know, quarterback. And but my I feel like no matter what, Daniel Jones is not a New York Giant by okay. the time the draft comes around. You answered that question. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. I don't think I he's a giant. But okay. in this instance, if Detroit takes a quarterback and Houston takes a quarterback, I don't see them taking the third best quarterback at that point because I don't feel like we know how this stuff changes between now and the draft. But right now, when looking at quarterbacks, I don't think there's a big difference between number one and number two or number one and number five, let alone number three and the number and the number five quarterback. So right here, to me, you take Kyle Hamilton, which is considered the best uh, strong safety uh, out of Notre Dame. Okay, take him, pair him up with Jabril Peppers. You, you know, you solidify that secondary maker back there. Yep. And that's okay. exactly how you play that. And then you come back around and grab a quarterback later on. All right. So sliding in with the seventh pick, if the if the season was the end today, we have a familiar team we just discussed. Many holes. You had them uh, strengthening the defense with Stingley. The Jets are back on the board with the seventh pick. This is a tough one. But once again, this is this is going to be a big draft for them too. Offensive line. You grab a you oh, grab a you grab a you grab offensive lineman. There's there's plenty really good ones in this draft. Of course, they're gonna go early and quick because that's a very important uh, position in football. So I think you go offensive line right here. You're going to be tempted to go wide receiver because once again, you go at this point none have gone. You go have your pick just, at, at the it, wide receiver. It's it's <laughs> so crazy. I was thinking like, see, it hasn't named the receiver yet. And all the early success that we are seeing these receivers have, the you know, the last mm-hmm. two or three drafts, I'm like, the Jets got to get a playmaker. I know you feel pretty comfortable with, with the two receivers that they have when healthy, what they can yeah. do. But the way these receivers been panning out lately in the first round, I'm like, dang, see, it ain't taking a receiver yet. So you say you still have the Jets strengthening their O-line over the receiver right yep. here. Right? Over the okay. receiver right there, yep. Man, here you go one of your favorite teams, man. The team that invested a lot of money in a running back who can't stay healthy. They have one of your favorite quarterbacks, if not your favorite quarterback in the NFL under center currently right now, and that's the Carolina Panthers. That makes him my favorite quarterback. This is 100% a quarterback pick right here. Um, <laughs> I I would love I, I want it to be like yeah this right here because I can see them taking the well, best defensive no, no, they, tackle. They, they extended uh, Sam Donald though. They, they picked up fifth year option. They picked I'm up sorry? a fifth year. Option. Oh okay, all right. They, yeah. So another year. Okay. Um And once again, they did that before the draft last year, and we still expected them to take a quarterback in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, defensive tackle. If they could get one of the best defensive tackles right here. If they were confident in Sam Donald, I feel like that's what they would do. Um, Sam Donald was playing pretty good ball before the Christian McCaffrey injury, though, now. He was. True. He had kind of made, made people who doubted him for years, they had to turn the, turn the shoulder within three or four weeks of football. Yep. And, but, and, and then he fell off. But like you say, part of that is because of the Christian McCaffrey uh, injury. Now... Once again, this is this ain't just football. This act, this politics too, because you got coaches who trying to make sure their jobs are secure and stuff like that. And Matt Rule came in 
and was like, okay, let me tie my success to Sam Darnold. Um, already a fire Joe Judge, who mm-hmm. we know to be a good offensive mind, mm-hmm. scapegoat. All right, so now he's getting close to Matt Rule. Matt Rule got to tie himself to a, to a more sure thing. And I think if he can, if the right quarterback falls to him right here, like a Malik Willis or um, what's the guy from, uh, dang, I think that's another North Dakota State quarterback too. Uh, I think it's that Carson Strong. Uh, he's either from North Dakota State or Nevada or something like that. Um, if he can get one of those guys to fall to fall to him right there, that's who he takes. Okay, cool. Now it's that's interesting because I see the Panthers as looking in the division and saying, when healthy, we can play with any team in our division. And I think if they get something more explosive to pair with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson was definitely there last year for whatever reason. This year, he has taken a huge backseat. Uh, what's the kid named Terrence Marshall? Uh, yeah. He plays yeah. slot pretty decent, come and go. But like you said, Christian yeah. McCaffrey is the, the centerpiece that's missing. But oh, it'll be interesting to see if they roll a dice with a quarterback feeling like they kind of already have that in-house when everybody's healthy. So can't wait to see how that play out. Uh, number nine is a team that has... You know, we just were speaking about it has been leaning heavily on their quarterback and they knew required running back from what two years ago now. I believe he's been there. Cordell Patterson, uh, the Atlanta Falcons have had woes on the defensive side of the uh, ball for many, many years. Um, whether they try to go speed on defense, they seem to always have a smaller defense out there. I can't tell you the last time they had anyone worthy. Uh, to talk about on their line besides Jared at the, you know, at the tackle position. Um, But this is just a struggling team year after year after year. Um, Did, you know, get to the Super Bowl close, but no cigar and never been close ever since. Uh, Matt Ryan, I believe is 35 or 36 uh, as of right now. And he has one more year left on his deal. Which way do you see the Falcons going with the draft? Quarterback. Don't think Matt Ryan is their quarterback next year. Um, and if for anything, because I don't think Matt Ryan wants to go anywhere. I think he wants to be a Falcon. I think the Falcons want to keep him. I think money is the thing that makes them move off of him. Um, they moved off of Julio last year because of money, because of things were tight. Things are going to be tight again for them this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they look at Matt Ryan and say, look, you've taken us, you know, as far as you can take us to this mm-hmm. point. Um, it's time to start over. It's time to get that fresh face. Uh, we can save money uh, and build, you know, around other things around this team. We can draft a quarterback. I think that's the route they take. And I think it's good for all parties. And by all parties, yep, I, agree. I mean Atlanta fan base, ownership, Matt Ryan, and yep. Atlanta fans. I mean, whether you're Atlanta Falcons fan or just a football fan in general, right? Like, nobody dislikes the Falcons more than I do, right? Uh, but I have to take off that 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 who that hat and say this is a guy who even in his older days is still playing pretty good football. He definitely yeah. know how to read coverages. He still have a pretty strong arm, even though he's up there in age. Uh, he makes guys better. Um, I mean, it's a lot of check check boxes for for Matt Ryan. And Once to me, again, he I'm, deserves I'm, I'm, he deserves to go play meaningful football elsewhere. There's a handful I'm, of teams, if you have Matt Ryan under center, you are that much better at, you know, at playing football. I'm real big on comparisons. To me, Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan are the same guy. They've always been the same guy. Always. 
Matt Ryan just felt, found himself in a better situation for a lot of years than what Matthew Stafford did. But if you put that. Matt, if you took Matt Ryan last year and put and say, look, we're gonna put him on the Rams, they looking exactly how they looking this year. There's no difference. I would okay. take Matt Ryan in a heartbeat in New Orleans if he wanted to come on down. Um, very, so very I definitely agree with you. It's going to be best for all involved. But Matt Ryan has some meaningful football for a team that, you know, wants to contend. Left yeah, in them. Definitely. All right. So the last team falling to number 10 is a team that's kind of been up and down um, since their Super Bowl run as well. Um, they drafted a quarterback, I believe, in the second round. A lot of people didn't feel like he was the answer after his rookie year. A lot of people read him, read him off. He, to me, hasn't done much. Uh, ever since uh, being in the NFL to to me make a lot of football fans feel like he's worthy of a starting quarterback position. I feel like he just don't have anything to work with. Receivers, yeah. running back, defense, nothing. Uh, defense, to me, surprisingly, have been the bright spot of the whole football team. And uh, at 10, it's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Got you. Um, I've I've come around a little bit on Jalen Hurts myself. Um, the thing that's hurting him right now is it look like he's about to miss another week. And if mm-hmm. Garner Minshew go out there and look like he looked the last time he they gonna played. They're going to they gonna have mustaches in the stands. Exactly. Fans going to have mustaches, exactly. bro. Um, man, I you bring in Kenny Galladay. You draft Devontae Smith. Um, Goddard's looking better. Um, Miles Sanders, they real big on Miles Sanders. I'm not that big on Miles Sanders at running back. Who they brought in, you said? Devontae Smith. Right. Last year. Yeah, they drafted Devontae Smith. Kenny Galladay. Oh, no, no, no. That's a wrong team. (laughs) Devontae Smith, you got Goddard. Um, you, I want to say you bring in another wide receiver. You have your pick of the litter right here at number 10. You got Drake London out of USC. You got Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Uh, those look like they'll probably be the top two. Drake London might fall because of his injury at the end of the season. Um, but I got to say you bring in a corner back here. You, corner? You, you bring in, yep, you bring in a corner. Um, <clears throat> you don't think Darius uh, – you don't think – and I'm shocked that you said corner. I ain't trying to cut you off because Darius Slade has definitely found his rhythm this season and – uh, Maddox has played worthy of the contract extension that they gave him uh, yeah. for the 40 mil. So um, interesting to hear you say corner right here. And, and when you look at it, you say Darius Slay is a person that they're already spending a lot of money on. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up be- becoming a, a cap casualty uh, in this offseason and they move off of him because of that, because of his age, for one but because of how much money they've invested into him, too. No, is he sliding at this point? No, but most teams want to come up off of a player like that too early instead of too late. And mm-hmm. I can see Philly uh, being interested in that or holding on to him and just saying, let's go ahead and make sure we sure up that position so if he does regress this season, we got somebody that can, you, you know, step right into that position. Okay, well, there you well, have Where it. would you go right there? Because you sound like you would go in another another way right there, they, for sure. I, I'm not going to lie. I was done on believing that they defensive front four can be anything that they were even close to being the year they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. They defense was put on the field a lot, and they, they front four played. I would like to kind of see them with more of a wiry running back, a, a kind of jack-of-all-trades, a guy that has great sideline-to-sideline, speed, a field general, 
something of that nature to, to kind of restructure yeah. the, the defense. Because to me, I don't – and you know way more about college football than me, but the offense is so bad at this point, to me it doesn't matter – what rookie quarterback you put in, if you can't protect them or the guys that's on the outside of on the outside of the lines are not proven, then he's not going to be able to work with them guys either. To me, I have yet to be able to fairly grade Jalen Hurts. If you ask me, is he good or bad? I have to say he's a C. Like, you know, if I'm getting giving yeah. out better grades, because how fair is it for me to say that? He's not a good football player or he can't make this throw or he can't read this defense. Or one thing I know he can lead. The dude is a leader. He says all yeah. the right things, does great with everybody in the locker room, whatever, whatever. But for his lining up on Sunday, I always feel like he's at a disadvantage. His O line is horrible. It's been bad for, for quite some years. I, I never forget. Then, Go ahead. Man, a lot of that is and a lot of that is injuries too. Like they can't stay healthy. Cause you got guys on there that you know can play. And when it comes to uh, Brandon Brooks, is still on the offensive line. I don't think he's been hurt. Exactly, that's my thing. Um, what's the other guard? Um, oh man, I just had a name in my head, but they got two really good guards. It just can't stay healthy. What's the guy name? Do they still have the guard name? I think it starts with a K, if I'm not mistaken. Um man, I wish I could think of who they other go get up. But they like you know they line is so banged up and so they help and yeah, so exactly. hurt all the time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I remember even last year when um when we went to Philly for the game and yeah. I I heard how bad and rude Philly fans are and all this good stuff and I'm like man we're gonna get our behinds handed to us if we lose this game. Taysom Hill go out there he lose his first game as a starter yeah. and um. I remember walking out of there like, ain't nobody saying nothing. But, like, even leading up to the game, I'm like, man, how you think y'all going to fail against us? We're going to lose. We're going to get murdered. We're going to, you know. And even though – and then after they won, not even expecting to win, it was just like, all right, whatever. We'll lose next week. Like, it was nothing. Yeah. Like, the fan base is just so dead. You know what I'm saying? So, um, this is a team that need a spark. And to me, like when you're looking for a spark, you got to go with someone who can command the offense or somebody who can command the defense. I think he's a leader, but because there's a lack of everything else on the offensive side of the ball, you just let, let, lost Zach Hurts, who was another respected, you know, guy in yep. that locker room. Yep. I think that they have to turn to the defense and, and kind of start reshaping that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, man, we've been at it, bro. One thirty, I went thirty, and I feel like there's so much left in the tank. Uh, I don't want to get you know too lengthy, but this is something that I definitely would like to do with you to get some of that college football knowledge out of you because I mean a lot of our listeners don't know, but I, you are you are a college football junkie just as much as you is NFL. So moving forward, we'll definitely maybe bring it down to five next time, yeah, <laughs> uh, or something yeah. of that nature. <laughs> But uh, we'll definitely keep getting that out of you, man. I appreciate you for that. 100%, man. And like we talked about, we're going to get some NBA coverage going on here soon, uh, especially, you know, Christmas seems to really be that time where, okay, let's start, you know, talking about some NBA stuff. So uh, Steph Curry broke the uh, three-point, you know, most three-pointers made in a career last yeah, night. That dude is um, crazy, bro. That dude is crazy. 100%. 100%. And. Uh, so there's a lot. There's a lot that I actually want to pick your brain on uh, about when it comes to the NBA this year. So I'm definitely looking forward to that too. Um, 
And I, I coach I coach uh, my son's travel basketball team. They play AU ball. And I can't tell you, it's like every day at practice, everything that I'm teaching, fundamentals and getting better and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like Steph Curry come and like, you know, just completely brainwash these kids. Like, don't listen to nothing yeah. that old dude just told you, bro. <laughs> nothing, bro. Don't none of that matter. As long as you <laughs> as long as you wet from out here, that's all that takes care of. For real. I get but it. I he's get absolutely it. amazing. Can't wait to dig in and talk a little NBA, man. 100%, man. Great show. Looking forward to another great uh, week of football. And we'll get back with y'all next week. Hey, appreciate y'all. Happy holidays, man. Stay safe. You boys not in my league. No. If you listen close, I'm coaching. Take keys to the boy. Hella dope without pushing a Blanco. Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco. If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto. If I don't do nothing, I'm about Lonzo. Every time I do it, do it to come.